Um, let's begin. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Kickback with Nadam. He is I, and I am him, and I am with Yudi yet again. And this week, I'm going to be asking him about predictions for the season. So, Yudi, what are you thinking for the Premier League this year? Well, firstly, hello. Thanks for having me. What? No small talk. No, no, no hello. Straight to it. It's like it's business time. This is Friday. This is this is coming out on a Friday. The Premier League starts today. There's so, no small talk. No small talk. Straight to, back to business. Chinook, Kim. Okay, listen. <laughs> first, firstly. All right, we're going to start as we mean to mean to continue. Brave. Go on. Okay. Brentford beat Arsenal. Okay. First day. Okay. 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 Big energy. Big energy. Okay. First day. 2-1. Okay. Okay. All right. So everybody, don't put money on that happening. But please, <laughs> that's, good. that's good to know. It's good to know you're coming with that big energy to start the season. Start as you just, mean to go on. I'm, just, I'm setting my stall out early. And then predictions. What what categories are we doing? I want to I wanna see your top four. Top four um, for me goes as follows: Manchester City Ooh. to win. Ooh, brave! Liverpool to come second. Okay. Manchester United in third. Yeah. And Chelsea in fourth. Spicy, yeah. And how close do you think it will be? Actually, I'd like to make a change. I'm going Chelsea third, Manchester United fourth. Ooh, for real, for real. So Rafa Varane, Jadon Sancho mean nothing to you, yeah? Did I stutter? I said Manchester United <laughs> fourth. <laughs> so this is brilliant, okay? And the reason this is brilliant is so for today, for this week's show, I had Julian Lesko on, and he's retired a little while ago now, but he's just started a full time gig as a pundit for BT Sport. For people who are in America, that's like the equivalent of maybe like a Fox, not necessarily an ESPN in terms of the way that they cover football, but He's doing that. And as a pundit, there's certain things, certain questions which you get asked and opinions which you have to throw forward, which are like, I'll be honest, I, I had to pick a top four as well. And I'm thinking to myself, the moment it left my mouth, I was like, this is definitely not going to work out. You know what I mean? I'm thinking <laughs> like, people look at me like I'm an expert. I, have a, I do not have a crystal ball to see what's going on in the future. You know what I mean? Like I can deal with the flow of a season, but the start of a season, some of these takes just don't go down well at all. And like you're on there. Unless that game finishes, this, it's so unlikely that you'll be right. It's so unlikely. You know what I mean? But you said hey. it with all your chest. Full confidence. But why? Because, listen, if you're not going to back yourself, who's going to back you? <laughs> <laughs> so, I told you, I'm setting my stall out early. I, oh. I'm, not, I'm not coming here. This, is not, this isn't financial advice. I'm not asking people to go put a bet on. You asked me my opinion and I gave it to you. Yeah, you say that though, but the funny thing is, like some people, if they see like an expert pundit or somebody who's won something in the past saying something's going to happen, they'll be like, well, that's my inside source. That's definitely going to happen. You don't have a clue what is going to happen next. I'm saying this to everybody tuning and listening right now. Do not take any stock of what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) Do not pay any attention. Go out into the world, watch your football and make your own opinions. Uh, yeah, that's my, that's my I, re- I respect that. And thankfully, I won't be listening to anything you've got to say about football. <laughs> but um, another side to it, when we talk about pundits and stuff, what do you like to see from a pundit on TV? And is there anything that you really don't like to see? Uh, I'm easy, to be honest. I think, generally speaking, well, let me, uh, full disclosure, 
unless I have some kind of affiliation to the pundit, I'm not really watching punditry like that. I'm just going to be honest. I'm just being honest. Ooh, all right. Okay. This is okay. Just, just, just freeing the realness. But at the same time, if I do watch punditry, what I want is objectivity. For me, that's like, that's a big thing. I just want someone to just be like, just, just be honest. I don't like it when people are too biased, like one way or the other, that, that really grates on me. So. And what do you think about that? Do you think there are more people being honest or more people just sort of misleading people with their bias? I think like when you're watching sport, it's, in, it's important to remember that it's still entertainment. And even though it's a pundit giving an opinion, it's also a TV show. And mm. the aim of a TV show is to get people to view it. You've also got to remember that like most people who tune in to watch a sports game, tune in to watch the sport being played. So that means that most people don't turn up just to watch the pundits. So as a result, yeah. if you're going to get people to like tune in and make all those adverts worthwhile, you want to give like the pundits something interesting to talk about to keep people engaged. And I think it's important to remember that when you watch people. Okay. Doing so you've been in America. So basically what you've just described is first take. <laughs> that's, that's, that sounds like it. You're basically saying Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman, like that's what you've described. They're pundit pundits. And everyone else is just there trying to, well, to be fair, you're probably right. I think in England, the game is the biggest thing. And yeah. the pundits that are around it, you know, you could look at Sky and see Micah and Roy Keane and say they've got a natural relationship, but people aren't necessarily tuning into that. I feel like that's a little extra. So I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. So in today's episode with Jolien, you know, I spoke to him about that. Hopefully there's some big, there's a big reveal in there, but at the time of recording this, I'm not 100% sure if we can do it yet. But if it doesn't come out in this show, I'm sure I'll put it forward for the next show. But then also... Like I say, it's good to speak with him. I speak to him about Jack Grealish. You remember that guy who he used to play with? I've heard of him. Speaks, yeah, I've heard of him. yeah, I think, yeah. Some people have heard of him. And I speak to him also about, say, England in the summer because lo and behold, he was a guy who went into Euro 2012 and he scored as well in the first game. So yeah, he's got, he's got a little bit to say and he's a good guy as well. <laughs> so I hope you enjoy it and hope the other people enjoy it as well. But before we do that, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you give me a follow on Instagram and on Twitter where I'm, I'm somehow active these days. So that's kickback <laughs> underscore Nadem. <laughs> you can find the links in the show notes. And also, whilst you're there on Twitter, let me know what you think your top four is going to be. And then remember to save that tweet and don't delete it when it goes up in smoke after about the first three months of the season. <laughs> so how about that, guys? But anyway, to today's show. I hope you enjoy my conversation with the man that is Jolien Lescott. Yo. Yo, bro. Yeah, what's happening, big fella? What's going on? Yeah, I'm good, man. How are you? Cool. Just at home. Awesome. Right there. Let me, uh, let me figure out where this best place to go is. You head into the east wing or the west wing? <laughs> you did. <laughs> <laughs> it's too easy, man. I'm sorry. It's too easy. It's too easy. I can't, I can't help it. I apologize. I'm, I'm poor. Nah, you're not. You're loaded. Nah, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Oh, how's that? Is that better? Comfortable? Yeah, man. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Are you comfortable? Yeah, 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 man. Yeah, man. All right, cool. Well, um, firstly, we say 10:45, and then still, when 10:45 comes, you're not ready. Talk oh to wow! Me. Talk to me. What's going on? I was ready, bro. I answered the phone. No, but you didn't even have your earpieces. I mean, in. I, I you thought because we're friends. It, I've, there's, because I didn't know if, which, uh, if it was going to come up on my computer and then I would have put my other headset on, like yours. 
I ain't trying to afford the beats by Dre ones, man, for my phone and that. So I was just like, you know what? All right, I get you. I get you. So do you know what was mad? The last time we spoke was in March 2020. Yeah. Jesus. So, but, so that was actually pre-pandemic. That's the last time you were on my show. It was, was it pre-pandemic or just the start? It was ju- It was literally like my season ended yeah. maybe a week after that. This was this was literally just yeah. before. So, th- oh, okay. so, yeah. so a lot of stuff has happened in that time. A lot of stuff we can say. We can do with that. <laughs> yeah, bro. So what I want to do then. Yeah, um, a lot of stuff. We, uh, we joined Power League together. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of my first trophy post-retirement as well, yeah. The Power League Cup or whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, right, this is what I want to know, okay? So when which yeah. year did you retire? 17, 2017. Okay. So I think when we last spoke, you were like, umming and ahhing about this and that. You had a few things on the go, but not everything was set in stone. Yeah? Yeah. So more, some more time has passed from then. So I want to know right now, like, I want to know more about who, who are you? What do you do? Like, what do you want to do? <laughs> what have you got lined up? Like, come on, man. Like, who are you? Because the, the, let's be honest, the, as every year passes, the footballer identity has to change because people no longer see you playing, but they might see you elsewhere. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, yeah. So what? Oh, you, yeah. So what um, are you doing now then? Who are you? Yeah, well, um, I'm a confirmed retired player. Uh, in return, in regards to where I am now, um, I'm a lot more settled in my direction and life. Uh, I know the direction I'm going at and the speed I'm going at more importantly. I'm not in a rush to get there, mm. which I think is important because a lot of, a lot of us not footballers in life in general, we don't have that much patience. Mm. But I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying the process of getting to where I want to go. Um, that is the admin side of football. I'm going to stay in the game. I'm not going to be one of these guys that say, nah, um, I've had enough kind of thing. I, I enjoyed playing. I know nothing's going to um, take the kind of excitement of that in terms of a day-to-day job. Like I, I know right now I couldn't do something every day, not one thing. I, I just know it wouldn't benefit them. It wouldn't benefit me or my family. So I'm quite content with having a mixture of things that I do. Um, and at the minute I'm, I'm studying. I was working... I think we I was must have been doing the loan stuff at City when we spoke. Mm-hmm. I've stepped away from that now. Um I got a great opportunity to to go back to Everton um and work there. Um and I was close to doing that to be fair, really close. Um but then analyzing kind of where I am in my self development again, in my journey and my direction, uh, I realized it probably ain't the best time. Um I'm studying master's degree to 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 get a qualification point directorship um, and academics isn't my strong point. I'm not as brainy as you, you know what I mean, Chief? So, <laughs> like, you could probably handle this uh, like nah, like a couple kick ups, you know what nah, I mean? Nah, so, nah, nah. I can't, that's that. the thing I can't do a couple kick ups, that's my issue. <laughs> that's where I went wrong. But yeah, please carry on. <laughs> but yeah, so because of um, that side of it, I know it needs more focus at the moment. I'm, I'm able to to decide to 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 focus on that for the next 12 months to just to pass basically i'm not just to pass but because uh, I, I i want to pass and i want to learn things that i don't know about and obviously uh it will hold me in good state going forward but yeah the ever opportunity was massive like 
there was a lot more responsibility and I was really looking forward to it but speaking to the people that I trust and help me advise and, and structure my plan agent wise and support team um, we all come to the conclusion it would be the best decision to just not rush into it because I know I would want to give it my all and I just I wouldn't have the time to, to do that um, and especially when you're it's first impressions you know what I mean I'm going back I would mm-hmm. be going back to Everton where I wouldn't be the I like I wouldn't be the player so we know when you go to a new club and you're a player you're in control of yeah the perception because you you can perform where there's so many more elements to to, to this role and I was going to have to rely on people and, and gain trust of staff that have been at the club for for years and kind of be responsible for them and, and some players and I thought you know what I'm not ready to to give that time that it's going to take this year mm-hmm. hopefully this opportunity is still there next year um, and we can revisit that Um but yeah, the process of that was was great. I spoke to a lot of good people there, and I enjoyed that. Um, so again, I, I'm really content with with where things are. Um, I'm gonna do more punditry, uh, literally about to any day, about to confirm a signing with BT um, for the next few seasons. Ooh, if I had a sound effects button, I'd be pressing it. But instead, I'll just go. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So about to do that. Um, I'm I'm self aware that one, I'm going in the right direction, as I keep on saying, but also my reputation mm. of my career has held me in good stead for these opportunities. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we talk about pathways and opportunities, but I've been lucky to get them calls. But I also am aware that it's because for 15 years, <laughs> 20 years, no one could question say my professionalism and, yeah. and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. That's that's a very, very big point there because I think there's some people, in my opinion, who gain opportunity because of things they did on the field. And, you know, that, that serves a purpose to some extent. But there's a balance, you know, because you were successful on the field, but incredibly well-respected off the field. And it's the off-the-field stuff that's granting you these opportunities, the fact you're being headhunted, you know, because people want to work with you. You know, when we... When they finish playing, there's no surprise in my opinion that people who are the biggest clowns in football, once they leave football and they're not playing football anymore, you don't have that same sort of clamour for mm. people to want to work with them. But then that's when you see the the real ones, if you know what I mean. The ones who may be looking for, not not in your case, but like favour or opportunity or something. People are trying to help them out. I want to help this guy. I want to see if he can do this. I want to work yeah. with that person again. You know what I mean? And that goes a long way. Like that's yeah. a long, long way. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, say, the first um, example that you give, like, your playing career allows you to to, to be a pundit, mm-hmm. say, for first, the first and foremost, the first few shows, but then obviously you have to be at a certain level and, mm-hmm. and understanding to continue to do that. So, again, I'm aware of that side, but, yeah, like you're saying, the reputation of professionalism is the key to saying being offered these roles because... It's a huge response. I'm, I'm, I'm asked to, to influence young players' careers. Like, mm-hmm. these they, people are invested in these careers. So I, I don't take that lightly. I, I enjoy doing that. Um, so I'm grateful for the opportunities and it's off the back of the things I've done. Um, the habits I created is is the reason for them things. Okay, so let's talk for a second about the BT punditry stuff because I remember last season 
many a time I turn my TV on and I see you in a leather jacket, leather gloves, you know, the Peaky Blinders hat, <laughs> no your leather, makeup no leather us, jacket, stuff like bro. that. <laughs> what, so what, what exactly was it about that that you liked that you thought you'd try and pursue for this next season? And then obviously like, this is, this is a bit of a, this is a tough question to answer, but why do you think they wanted to sign you up long term? Oh, um, uh, what I, I enjoyed, one, obviously, I enjoy talking about football. You know that mm-hmm. we talk about football, we work together and we do that and it's, it's easy. Um, the, the people obviously that were there, nothing against any other broadcasters, but like say, Rio, JJ, Crouchy, Joko, I've played with them. So there's a natural rapport mm-hmm. you have with someone that you know. Like I've known these guys for like 15, 20 years, you know what I mean? So that was, again, another um, easy transition to to work with people like that Um, and wanting to do it. I didn't know I wanted to do it at the start when I was doing it and probably affected my performances doing it, whether it was for them or over broadcast. It was just a case of, do you want to do it? And because I was undecided, um, it, it, it affected the way I did it. But now I kind of come to grips with doing it. And you know, Chief, people may not believe it, but when you're still relevant and current when you're doing it, that was probably the bit I was less excited about. Or mm-hmm. I like to do stuff with my family and go places. But when you're always on the telly, as you say, oh, I am. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, you are. People you obviously recognise you. Yeah. It's, people it's, it's obviously Michael seven days a week and you six. <laughs> yeah, I gotta take the kids football one of the days. You yeah, know what I mean? exactly, but yeah. it, that was that was that was it. So it was kind of like, how long do I want to stay relevant and in the public eye when my kids are, I'm out with my children and family and stuff. But again, I've I've just been a, come to grips with all that and honestly say, like this is probably the most content I've been for years, like. Yeah. Even playing, like I love playing and we all do and stuff like that. But the balance I have right now, as I said, there's nothing. I don't even, maybe Messi's contract would get me out of this. But I don't think there would be many, <laughs> I don't think many things that could change my life life routine yeah. while I'm in Messi's contract. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Because say for me, I've retired and I'm doing certain things. Like I'm really happy heading into the season. I've got a show on uh, BBC Radio 5 Live. I've got a show on... Congratulations, with, uh, I hear thank that. You, thank you. Doing something for Sky Sports News every Friday morning, previewing the weekend. I've got stuff for... I'm a consultant for The Athletic. I'm doing stuff for ESPN, which I love doing. I'm doing the stuff with you for City and so on. I think there might be one or two other bits, but it sounds like a lot, but it's not. And it means that as I enter every week, I know I've got free time to do stuff with my family or stuff that I want to do, but then still do the work which I want to do as well. Because all that stuff which I'm doing... It's like the perfect platform, in my opinion, because I can have an opinion and then explain it, you know, instead of like deliver it and then bang, it's gone. It's like, no, I can explain it. And then someone can push back and I can say, say why I feel like how I feel. And you can have great conversations because as you've said yourself there with football, it's, it is a game of opinions. And when you can have like debate with people about things, like it's this, this, some of the best conversations you will let you, we will start talking about child and athletic and the next thing you're talking about Messi at PSG or whatever you know what I mean but we're all 100% but we all share that thing that we actually love the game so all those platforms yeah. allow me to love the game my own way and say 
use my experiences to talk about things which are going on, express my opinions and be surrounded by people who want to express theirs and aren't out there to like clickbait people to death or whatever, you know, trying to catch up. Oh, he said this, he said that. He's trying to, no. Yeah. No, no, no. That's, that's none of that. That's yeah, because that, it's important because I was thinking about it this morning. I think we're in an era now where if you compare someone, say for instance, who was I, who was I thinking about? Who was I, I think I was talking about yesterday it was Ali Gunnar Man United say and top four and I'm saying I don't feel they're contenders yet because of not Ali Gunnar but just the quality that mm. Pep, Klopp and Tuchel have I think they're more suited to win yeah. than, than Man United but he doesn't think I don't think Ali Gunnar's a bad manager I think yeah. he's, a, he's a top manager but you just think they're better mm. at the moment mm-hmm. like and that's where I think we are now. It's you can't compare unless you've got time to explain. If you don't, if you say that, yes, it's, it's not. So getting, you just think, oh, you people think you're saying it's crap. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like you know what I mean. It's like saying to you, do you eat chicken or beef? And if you say chicken, doesn't mean you don't like beef. Yeah, you, you, you just like chicken. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just exactly, it's just what, yeah. random. Exactly, exactly. And it, that's 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 a great point, and that's why I feel very lucky to be on the platforms that I have because it is geared around debate and opinion. And like really being able to express yourself with it in a non-aggressive manner, because that question I'm going to ask you about later about a top four thing, but I'm always wary because I, I um, having worked with ESPN now, I'm, I'm acutely aware of what the audience say about certain things. And to start off with straight off the bat, it's tribal anyway. But if you say Messi, if you say your team Messi, it means all the Ronaldo stands are going to be after you. If you say Ronaldo, all the Messi stands are going to be after you. So it's a dicey one. Every time one of their names gets mentioned on the show or whatever, I'm like, oh God, here we go. It's going to be a sticky one. Yeah. No matter how you try to explain it or whatever. It's like, yeah, yeah. but yeah, yeah. So what do you think then um, for the BT audience? What do you think they want from people like yourself? And the reason I ask this is because I've in the past heard from many people who, I don't know whether it's right or wrong, say like the, the cast on there is incredibly biased against City and like pro Liverpool and stuff like that. What do you think they want? What do you think your general audience wants from you? A general audience, um, I think they want a uh, an unbiased opinion, which I think I can give from a a player's not a current player because I don't play, but a player's perspective. Like I like to think I still have the same thought process as this current playing generation. Mm. Um, but I'm guessing the the more City fan base want to see bias towards them because it's their time. It's, mm-hmm. it's Man City's time and rightly so. Yes, we have seen other teams have just kind of like headlock the game punditry-wise and just could just dominate whether it's Liverpool, United. It was kind of all them. You know what I mean? Even when Chelsea really had a, a spell and they're still obviously mm-hmm. contenders for a laptop on us. They've never really had a consortium of pundits that just like not brainwash, you know what I mean? Yeah. But just like influence the whole the whole kind of punditry industry, which I think now people are coming more aware of. We need more current mindsets and obviously of different teams. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not gonna sit there and only praise Man City because my whole career wasn't at Man City. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I can speak what it's like to, to be bottom four, mm-hmm. relegation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What What's that like? Because I, that's what I also think is that we have great pundits and a lot of them are great pundits. 
but they've only most of them have only played at the yeah, top. Yeah. So when I hear them criticize criticize QPR, mm. I remember that time and it was like say your time then it was like I bet they're oh, who did I, I don't know who said it, but I heard a comment of like I bet they're in, they're not in uh or they're rushing to the bar kind of thing. There was something comment yeah, like that, some yeah. random comment, and I thought you don't know what that exactly. feels like. Exactly, yeah. Exactly. You've never experienced say losing five games in a row. Yeah. So how can you talk on an experience you've never had? Yeah. But I've had that, you know what I mean? So I like to think that when we are doing it and when we are talking about fixtures, again, it's going to be majority Man City. But when they're playing someone down the bottom of the league, I can understand mm-hmm. and have compassion and empathy for yeah. that group of players, that group of fans and, and say, this is it's hard and it's not going to get easier. But you just kind of have to ride it. You know, it's interesting you've said something there and it's triggered off something in my mind because if it comes down to, say, the Champions League or, like, title-winning games or big games, like, the audience want to see all the big players who've played in those big games and so on and so forth. But when it's a game down the bottom or, say, something which has got a different sort of pressure to it, why is it still okay that those same people are the ones who are coming, who are talking about that thing down there? Because I was brainwashed as well. Before I'll be honest, before I went to QPR, I never understood what it was to celebrate finishing 17th. I never never understood it. And then we finished mm-hmm. 17th in 2012 when you won the league. And it's the most relief I think I felt in my entire career. <laughs> like the stress, that that six five, six months there, we losing two, three, four, five games in a row. The clocks mm-hmm. can't you can, days are passing by. You have to win this one. Not to like, you know, stay in the race to win the league. It's like you have to win this one. Because if you don't, you go down. If you go down, 20 people losing yeah, their jobs. Yeah. You know what I mean? 100%. Like, yeah. That's, listen, that's that's an experience I wouldn't wish on anybody. That is Yeah, but and that's what I mean. So let's go to the, um, the clip, or is it Roy Keane and Micah, when Villa stay up and Meeks is buzzing because he, he's played with them players mm-hmm. and the Villa dressing room's hyped and it's buzzing. And Roy was saying, uh, but they just stayed in the league. I'm saying, but that was their goal. Yeah. That exactly. was, that was, not everyone can win the league. There's yes. only one team that can win it. And if your goal is to stay in the league, yes. celebrate it just as much exactly. as as the people that goal is to win the league. Exactly. exactly. You know what I mean? You've just got to understand that not everyone has, not everyone can have the same ambition. Not every team can have the same ambition. Yeah. So, but you're allowed to celebrate your achievements the yeah. same way. hundred percent. And even still with that, you can start the season with your goals, but as the season progresses, your goals might change based on how things are yeah. going. You know what I mean? Like if you, yeah. if you aim to stay, to stay in the Premier League, but then coming into the last weekend of the season, you got a chance to finish top four. If you don't finish top four, you're going to feel disappointment, even though your goal was to try and finish top, finish in the, in the league. You know what I mean? Like, it's be people. Some I feel like sometimes people aren't really adaptable with their thinking. I think this is the right way to think about that. But like I say, you've seen yourself, man. When you're in a team, for example, who's really struggling at the bottom, it is the definition of stress. And you don't know when that next win's going to, where it's going to come from. You don't know who's going to be scoring your goals. You're looking around, teams around you are winning every other week and stuff like this. Like that's a full blown impo- implosion. So to survive. Mm. That's worth celebrating. It's, def- it's definitely it worth celebrating. Of course it is. You know what of I mean? Of course it is. But as I said, because you, your goal was to stay in the league, regardless of when you did it or how you did it, yeah. that was the goal. Yeah. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's, so that's it. Exactly. And to be honest, like you, I'll be clear about this. You, you, like I, want City to do well. But I think when it yeah. comes down to it, 
I want City to do well, play well. And if they deserve the credit, I will throw it down. I will lay it down. I will say it all out. I'm a big City guy. If City don't deserve credit and they're not doing well, I'll say I'm a City guy, but they're not doing well and they've not they've not yeah. played well. You know, that's it. I'm not going to yeah, be... it's fair. I'm not going to be tribal to the point where I'm going to be continually defending stuff which might be wrong or whatever. Like, nah, if it's, if it's wrong, it's wrong. If it's right, it's right. Like, I want them to win because mm. then that makes my weekends great. But if it doesn't, <laughs> <laughs> like last year, yeah. no lie. So all the, st- all the work I was doing last season was like ad hoc, yeah. But for some reason, I was doing, I was getting more and more stuff depending on how well City were doing. So considering they played one game less than the absolute maximum for a season, I was busy. Oh, oh, so that's all right. But when I'm busy, I'm too busy. I was was busy, busy last season. I was like, someone like when, um, shout out to Graham anyway at City, when he said, oh, you know, I know you can't do the last game of the season in the league, but you know, if we get to Champions League final, do you want to do that? I said, yeah, sure. But I'm thinking to myself, City don't make Champions League finals, so I'm definitely not going to have work. Next thing, I'm in Porto. I'm like, yo, this is all right, man. Yeah, it's all right. Isn't it? no, it's like, all obviously, right. obviously it took a turn from there, but we'll, we'll get into that at some point in the future, off air. Um, so let's do a segue now, yeah? So this summer was a key summer because it was obviously the Euros, and you were somebody that played in Euros 2012. Obviously, you scored humble brag because that's what you do. Slept on, you know what I mean? That's what you do. So with that then, how do you sort of, as, a, as an England player back then, what's the expectation going into a tournament? And do you think it's just? Um, expectation then was, we, we are waiting for you not to succeed. Right. Okay. So then we can turn on it. And I also, again, I was speaking about this recently. Um, thinking that the collection and variety of different teams throughout that are represented in England now, not in the squad, in the team, help massively. Mm. I, I, we, we, I think there was an Arsenal fan that didn't celebrate Harry Kane's goals. Really? Like, genuinely, genuinely didn't celebrate his goal against Germany. Wow. And I think that has happened. That isn't the first time that has happened. And I think that has hindered the kind of the kind of outlook and view on the England team going past the players. Haven't obviously we didn't perform, so it was warranted some criticism. But I think the whole view on the current England team, because it's so diverse, and we see um, Leeds, West Ham represented, mm-hmm. uh, all the teams you you gravitate to England. I know every England fan wants them to do well, but if if the majority of the teams, your arch rivals, mm. like say for instance, it was Gerrard and was the main focal point. Everton fans, I know how Everton fans feel about Steven Gerrard. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So that is mad. Like I, literally, this is the dead truth. He set me up for my goal for England. And I remember like genuine fans that well, uh, people that work at the club contacted me after that and said, "Why did you run to him when you scored?" <laughs> I was like, "Like seriously?" And I'm just like, "That is mad that you—that's the thought process you have watching England." Yeah. So I'm saying, like, the fact that we have got represented teams and a lot of these players have played for other teams. It's not literally you came through. I know Mount is a little bit different, but there'll be Derby fans that want him to do well because he played for Derby and, and you know what I mean they've yeah. had different journeys than just playing for the best team yeah yeah 
So I think that helps massively. Yeah, I, I get that. I get that. And to be fair, this is probably the most I've ever supported an England team before because there was something yeah. about them which just felt different. You know what I mean? It literally felt different. I don't know if it's because I'm retired or whatever, but I was like, I was all in. I was rooting for individuals, the collective, everything. There was nobody in that team where I said, oh, I hope they don't do this, hope they don't do that. Because it just felt like, it felt like a representation of younger players and younger footballers in this era. And the fact that you don't have to be the biggest star and have 10 of you playing for the same team, but you're all putting mm. together and a sort of, like, listen, I'm friends with Jordan Henderson. I would have liked to have seen him play. But then the other side yeah. of that thing is I'm seeing Leeds and West Ham represent the centre midfield for England. Like, yeah. I, I got, I, I'm here for it. You know what I mean? I'm, I was yeah, fully here That's for the it. thing. People don't understand that the best players don't always make up the best team. Yeah. Like, England's best team doesn't involve the, all their best players because a lot of them players play in the same position anyway. Mm. So you can't, you got to realise that there is going to be kind of differences but yeah this I'm, I'm the same this is the most like I've I've felt the support mm. probably different when you're in it and you don't know but yeah yeah it's different it was different the whole belief it was genuine belief yeah this yeah for genuine sure. hope and belief that we could win and then um, obviously the final came about what's your take on that uh, what the game or the outcome uh, maybe both. Okay, I think y you could never say it, but in hindsight, we probably scored too early. Mm. You know what I mean? Because you know, as a player, once you once you're behind, majority of the time, there's no fear in your approach. Yeah, yeah. It can't be any worse than you're losing, and you're already losing. So mm. let's go for it. So I've seen, I've seen, um people say, oh, Italy kind of part of the bus. And I'm like, I remember the second half when majority of the second half the next time where the whole Italians were in England half. Yeah. Like when Cellini pulled back Saka, it's because he spun him and there's no one back there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Like yeah. that doesn't, it, Italy teams don't do that yeah. in, in kind of historic football view. So it wasn't a case of they just part of the bus and were lucky. Like they probed and yeah, pressed and, yeah. And did exactly what we don't associate with Italy, but in that tournament, it was it was right in terms of. I don't think um, Gareth got anything wrong because there was no reason to question him mm -hmm. before. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yes, it didn't work work out, but there was no there was no reason to question. Yeah, we changed formation and personnel in pretty much every other game, mm -hmm. and it had worked. Mm. I, I, only slight thing you would say is did he change it to win or did he change it not to lose yeah yeah and that's a difference in yeah. my opinion yeah for sure that to be fair like that England manager's job is a, is a tough job especially given the amount of expectation and then when things start going well you can almost feel like some people are expecting things to go wrong and then when things are going really well like you score the opener or whatever in that game all of a sudden like it doesn't, I don't know, I suppose it felt like what you said there about scoring a goal too early, like it probably seems nuts to most of the people that are listening. But when you're in an unfamiliar situation and you score first, like you don't know how to react next because the mm. pressure's on you now to win the game because you have a lead. So it's very easy in that point to take a step back. Whereas for the opposition, it's easy for them to take a step forward. And from when you take that step back, you're not controlling the game anymore. Like you're just mm. taking part. Like I remember there were times when Harry Maguire, who I thought did well in the tournament, 
you get the ball and you just like boom it down the line to no one in particular. And it, it was celebrated, but it's celebrated because you won a lot, you know, mm. and that's the whole perception thing. That step back, like we've got something to hold on to and you're hoping I'm going to do it. But with that Italian team, like they just kept probing and probing and probing and they got into the game. And I thought mm. you kind of knew how this was going to go in the end. And, it, and it's a shame. It's a shame. I, I didn't leave the game thinking that England deserved to win the game or anything like that. But it was a shame. Mm. It's good to see them there. And that leads into my next question, actually. Because now when we look at Gareth Southgate in the last two tournaments, they've made a World Cup semi-final, which they took the lead in again and could have maybe made the final and the European Championship final. So what is it, do you think, about this group of players that helps them get further in tournaments and say, previous teams, which you'd argue would be more talented? Um, again, I think camaraderie in the group, I think it's not... I don't look at this group and think any of them think want to be the hero more than they want to win. Right. You know what that means. Yeah. Like I, I I can't confirm it was the case previously when I was involved, but I get the impression it was like as long as I do okay, this isn't gonna be my fault if we don't yeah, succeed. Yeah, I get you. I get you. I don't I don't get that with this group. I just get that we can really win something here mm-hmm. and be part of it. You know what I mean? So I think that is a massive help. I do think the perception now, the media has changed. Uh, Gareth Southgate again needs credit for that. I think he's adopted a more American style like NFL where there's open days and there's more, mm. there's more interaction. So regardless of if you like someone or not, if I know I've got to see you, <laughs> in two days after performance I'm going to be sceptical about what I'm writing yeah yeah. you know what I mean so yeah. that plays a part so when you are reading reports because players do and family do it's it's a better outlook when it's not just negative we're not just creating the the, the media reasons for it to be a failure it's no we're trying to they're trying to justify it now a little bit better it's not obviously all Roses, but yeah. I think the, the the relationships between in well in all aspects, the relationships between the players, the co- the manager and the team, the manager and the the press, the fans and the team. I think all the relationships are just better. Yeah, and that and that helps push forward. Like as much as we all wanted England to win, it's not a failure to lose in a final. I don't think that is the perception of this current team. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I think it's a, we still see it as an achievement, which I don't think that would have been the case 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. If we lose in the final 10 years ago, I think it's a, it's a failure mm-hmm. where I don't think that is deemed a failure now. And that is a massive thing and a positive for, for the team. Mm. And now you've uh, mentioned that team. Let's talk about one of the individuals within it which is obviously the main man at the moment that is Jack Grealish. And you, you played with him, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So how do you see him doing in this first season at Man City? Um, first season? Um, I see him doing well because I know how much he loves football. Okay. Like, it's like he, he, he's got a, like a mentality, like I feel that you're going to be able to see how much he enjoys it. Mm. I'm not saying he loves it any more than any other player, but you're going to be able to see him. He expresses it, you know what I mean? Like, say, the 
the price tag, the fans potentially booing him now, which he, he's going to have to get used to. Yeah. This is going to be new. Yeah. As much as he's England's guy, Man United fans, Liverpool fans, Chelsea fans, some Villa fans won't want him to do well. Yeah. yeah. And that is what I say about players. When you are, when you go to that top tier, that is the biggest difference. Mm-hmm. That is the thing. Like Ethan say, again, I'll, I'll change, change it a little bit. Like Harry Kane, it's probably only Arsenal fans that don't want him to do well yeah. because it's Arsenal. Yeah. When you go to a Man City, Spurs now don't want you to do well. Arsenal don't want you to do well because you used to play for Spurs. United don't want you to do well because you're arch rivals. Now Liverpool are your contenders. Yeah. So now you've got you've gone from a, a fraction of the fans that you play against booing you and not wanting to do well. Now it's everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now it's every game, every mm-hmm. touch. Like I noticed Jack was getting booed when he come on. From Leicester fans, Leicester fans have never booed Jack Grealish before. <laughs> <laughs> there's, been no need, there's been no need to boo Jack Grealish, you know what I mean? But yeah. now he's at Man City, you want to boo him. Mm-hmm. Like, so they're the thing. But I know Jack will love that okay. in a good way. Okay. You know what I mean? Like he, he, he just loves football more than, more than any other aspect of the game. Yeah. He just wants to play. Okay. Like I see him the other day and he's back early because he wants to he just wants to train like and kick a ball and play and stuff like mm. he was saying you we'll find out on the on the weekend when we work together like he'd only trained on the friday mm-hmm. that was his first session yeah it was like, in london he'd, he'd be, he'd, yeah he'd been back at villa but he hadn't been training too much because of the situation but his first proper session was on a friday wow. and then he plays he wants to play he wants to be involved you know what i mean so mm. that is jack he just loves it. Okay, okay. And you said then that the booing and all that stuff does suit him. So where do you see him in terms of the more internal stuff, like being around, say, some of the best players, in my opinion, in the Premier League and the world? Do you think he's going to hit a whole new level or is he going to be seeing stuff which we've seen before? No, I honestly believe he's going to get a different level of praise. because The stage is, is bigger, obviously, in the greatest threat to Villa. You can perform to your maximum capacity at Villa and you're still only going to get certain recognition because mm-hmm. Villa are not pushing for the, the top honours. Like, Jack doing what he does for Man City in the Champions League, it's only right you get spoke about in the top tier because you're performing with, against the best players. Mm-hmm. Um, he's made it clear that he's a massive Kevin fan, but I think, uh, barring the England players who have seen him, they'll be equally impressed with the ability he has. Okay. Like, and they'll be taken back that he can do the things he does. You know what I mean? He's got a lot of talent, a lot of talent. Mm -hmm. And I think now he's in a position where he's can't be doubled up every week. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause someone else just over there. (laughs) I'll just pass to someone else. (laughs) I'll just pass. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I think, I think that's like people talking about potentially not, performing the same but he's going to be closer to the opposition goal yeah. because City are going to have more of the ball yeah. he's going to be in areas where he's going to be facing 1v1 less likely than 2-3 man on him you know what I mean so mm. it's it's not going to be as hard as people think in terms of the playing the expectation and the pressure is more rightly so but they're the things I'm not worried about yeah. I'm not worried about how he deals with them because I know he just wants to perform yeah. and 
the harder it get, the more he will want to perform. Yeah, class. Um, do you know now you've mentioned the double up thing? Like, <laughs> I've just com- I've completely remembered like the exact opposite side of that spectrum in terms of professional football. So like, <laughs> as an attacker, obviously, you know, you get doubled up if you're the guy, yeah, or you get man marked if you're the guy. But then as a defender, when the goalkeeper's got the ball at his feet from a goal kick and everybody else marked up but you. <laughs> oh, let him have it. Let yeah, him have it. Let him have it. Uh, to like, be fair, I'm not going to lie, Chief. I've never been that guy. I may not have been closed down, but I've never been let him have it guy. Oh, man. I've, I've been a, I've been a let him have it guy a couple of times. I'm not going to lie, man. It, it plays with your mind because like, I'm thinking, man, I'm going to prove him wrong. I'm going to prove him wrong. Then you get it and you look around and nobody's free. Oh, so like, man, well, what yeah, am I going to do yeah. with this? Just yeah. do what you did at, at Chelsea, mate. Just nah. run through the team. Well, you know what I mean? And you usually <laughs> need to be a bit brand. higher up for that to work. That's the, pro- that's the problem. Yeah, it needs to build up momentum. Yeah, of course, of course, of course, of course. Right, yeah. I'm going to get you back on your uh, punditry, yeah? Just to finish off, okay? Mm-hmm. And I think I might have your um, answers for this somewhere else, but I want you to just say it again, see how honest you are. So what's your top four for this season? Oh, this season, yeah. I don't think you're 11 for this season. Uh, I will go... In order, I think they will finish. Yes. Okay. So I'll go City. And I say that not because it's, I'm biased. I always say the team that won the last year should be the favourites, rightly so. Okay. Um, so it was Liverpool as well. So I'll say City. I then think Chelsea. Okay. Uh, yeah. I think Chelsea are the, the biggest contenders to both Liverpool and City this season. Okay. I think Tuchel has proven, yeah, he's a is a mastermind tactician mm-hmm. um, and they have signed a player they needed not yeah. just a position Yeah, they signed positions last year and players in them positions but they've signed a player that wins them games yeah. that they struggled against Yeah, like the, the smaller nations the smaller nations the smaller teams now you've got Lukaku let's put it in the box yeah. let's mix it up it's a, yeah it's a major problem well yeah, I remember like seeing Werner's interview after that, his debut against Burnley, I mean Brighton, and him saying how physical the defenders were. Mm. Like, Brian's not known for being physical. Yeah, 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 it's true, yeah. Let, let, let that game happen again and, and that be Lukaku. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the defenders are coming off his shirts, ripped and exactly, all sorts, yeah. saying, Jesus, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. So now they've signed someone that they needed in that role to play that role. Um, I think they're the the biggest threat. I think they split Liverpool and City this year. Okay. And then, then you... I'm going to go Liverpool. Okay. Um, I said, I still think because they'll be very close and yes, they've got Van Dijk, Canute signed and top, top players, but I still honestly believe the biggest thing that Liverpool have got this season is the fans back in yeah, Anfield. Yeah, 1,000%. 1,000%. <laughs> like, uh, I've said it, I've said this before. I would rather go to Anfield with their best team and no fans yeah. rather than their weekend team yeah. and a full house. Yeah, yeah, that place is hostile, man. <laughs> got, oh, mate, got no good when memories you're, there. When you're defending the car and it's downhill, it Mm-mm. feels like it's like Mm-mm. different. It's, yeah, it's steep. That hill is steep. yeah, it's so, very steep. It's very very steep. So very very I steep. I see that being massive for them. And then United again, like Chelsea, I think they've signed. Players, not positions. Players that help their team. Okay. That they help. The only only thing I say I see a difference with Chelsea and, and United is that the new norm for winning the league now 
isn't going unbeaten for 10, 12 games. You, now you have to win eight, nine games in a row. Liverpool yeah. and City do that. Yeah, and I don't fair. know if Chelsea and United have that yeah. yet. Okay. Because they haven't done it. Interesting. So, um, not to call you out, <clears throat> but there was once a guy, I think this was uh, last year, he had a top four of Liverpool. Um, let me, sorry, one sec. Let me get this right. I don't want to, I want to make sure I give this all the credit it deserves. He had a top four of Liverpool winning the league, Man City in second. He had Arsenal in third and he had yeah. Man United in fourth. Do you know who that guy was? That was me, mate. That was me. <laughs> and that was off the back of Liverpool winning the league. Like I said, they should be favourites. Yeah. Then I had um, City, obviously. Yeah. Um, I thought Arsenal, because they had a mad end to the season, I thought they were going to be able to continue that. Because the break wasn't so big, I thought uh, Tetris is going to continue after back of the FA Cup and the mm-hmm. Charity Shield, mm-hmm. I was wrong. <laughs> and then Liverpool, I mean, and then United, I just thought would would come good because of the Frank Lampard thing at Chelsea. I thought it's it's newer to him than it is to Solskjaer. Listen, I was, I'm just being an idiot because I've had every take I've ever delivered has been wrong. But, you know, it's just nice when yours are written down and I can talk to you about it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Call about that, you know. Just a couple more questions then before I go. Yeah, yeah. So we've played football, you know, we do the, we've done the power league thing. We've done the sort of in-house thing on certain nights in a week and whatever, and you can still play football. So do you miss playing it yet? Uh, oh, I miss aspects of it. Yeah. Like what? I miss, like, I love training. I love, I, I, I honestly love training. The games obviously were unreal. I used to look forward to driving to training every day. Mm. So them things are like, you all know as well, pretty much every player gets a feeling in the build up to a game. And and I I don't know how, what it is, how to explain it, but it's all the emotions. And it was just like a mad feeling. Mm. And I knew it was coming. I knew whether it would be a Tuesday before a Saturday game or as we're standing there, I just knew it was coming just before the kickoff. Mm. When it, but I didn't know when, and when I got that feeling, I knew I was. This is what it was. Yeah. So, them things. But as I said, I I I am enjoying the balance I have now. Mm. I, I wish I had this perspective whilst playing. Yeah. I would have enjoyed it a lot more. Mm. But you know what I mean. But to be fair, you've got the rest of your life to enjoy this feeling, though. Yeah. That's the beauty. Yeah, yeah. Longer than a career. But you're right, about actually, the thing you just mentioned there about that feeling of a game, I would, I would feel that just as the coach or whoever blows his whistle to finish the session on a Friday. Like it's like, yeah, yeah this is, is it now? Like everything's geared towards that. That's the thing. This is, this is the moment, everything, you know what I mean? That's, that's, that's all right. I still don't miss it though. Like I thought, I thought, you know, last year with there being no fans, you know, it's, it's easy to, to not miss. And then now fans are coming Have you back been in. to any games with fans? Uh, I've been to a US women's national team game and I've but uh, and I went to the Champions League final league final see see I went to yeah I went to the Champions League final I would love you love to play in that game because Champions League final but I went to Brighton City that was the first time since I've retired that I wish I was playing really that atmosphere of the fans and I'm realising fans celebrate throw-ins Yes, and that and yes. that changes the momentum of the yes. game. Yes, it was yes. crazy. Yes, so that was probably the first time I've been at a game thinking since I've retired. Thinking, oh yeah, I'd love to play. I'd yeah. love to be out there. 
Do you know what? I, for, I forgot two games because I was lucky with ESPN to do the League Cup final and the FA Cup final. And after having been in stadiums watching games with no fans and so on, and like a game is a game, but it's not really a game. Yeah. Like I always find that some players play a lot better in training games than they do on Saturdays because uh-huh. like in training games, there's no pressure, there's no whatever. And you don't panic because the defender when someone's won a corner. Like concede a corner in the cop end at Anfield with, 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 with <laughs> five minutes to go. You know, you feel your heart's beating a little bit differently. And when I went to those that League Cup game and so on, like the City Spurs one, I was like, yeah, the pl- the fan the players came out to warm up. They're clapping the fans. The fans are like dead excited. I'm like, yeah, it's a rush. It's a big game. And you're going back in. There's a rush. It's a big game. You come out and then there's a tackle made. Everyone's like, yeah, so like, yeah, you win a free kick. Come on. But like when you look at those things in isolation, with no fan base is there. It's just a free kick somewhere in the field. It's just a, it's just, like, <laughs> just a throwing. It's just a throwing, mate. Like even even goals and that. When I was at the games and they were scoring, and because obviously it's the obviously they're supposed to be the most ecstatic moment. It's the quietest moment because yeah. no one's shouting man on. Like in the game, you can hear people shout, but when they score, they're not going to go and scream at someone. You just go over to someone and yeah. just yeah celebrate there yeah. and then so it was like it was weird yeah there were, there were tons of people when I especially in the MLS especially when it first started who, that would score a goal and not know that they should be allowed to celebrate they didn't know what to do but it's like it's, oh well it's like it's you scored it's, it's a thing and it's like uh, okay yeah well done guys yeah come on let's, let's, let's get let's go get another one you know what I mean it's, it's it was weird go team yeah because obviously a lot of well, probably the like, basketball, obviously. You just get back. You defend it. Yeah, away. exactly. Like, yeah. Get, get yeah. back in. Yeah, get yeah. back in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Basketball is nuts, man. But when you think about it, it's such a two-way sport. Like, you're expected to con- to concede 80, 90 points plus every game. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're, you're defending. But uh, for what? Basketball, mate. Again, obviously, random. Like, that is probably the most individual team sport I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, you can just say to someone, get out of the way, I'm just going 1v1. Yeah. One minute. It's not ISO. Just go, just go stand over there. But then the worst bit about it is though, like they'll go ISO and if they miss, you've all got to run back to defend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and no one's getting told off. That's not happening in football, mate. I don't That's know. Happening. Impossible. Impossible. I've had people try and do that and say, nah, nope. No, 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 just do this to me. No, 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 no. This is the game plan and this is what we're sticking to. You yeah. put your ideas in a bit. Uh, but just like that anyway, it's been great speaking to you again. I'll try not to leave it 15 months next time in between shows. It was great I to see you. Yeah. Great to see you talked yeah, about man. wearing Puma because you're a Puma ambassador, Man City ambassador, <laughs> BT Sport ambassador for being everything that you do, ambassadorial everything. No, yeah. mate, no, mate. You, you are? It's all, a- it's all true. It's all true. <laughs> I'm not uh, everything ambassador. You are. Let's just say that jacket which Pep was wearing throughout the winter months last year, you got it second. So what does that mean? <laughs> I like Pep. That too. I'd have worn it better than him as well. <laughs> it must be nice. <laughs> but great speaking to you, man. Cool, bro. Yeah, take See it easy. Can. And good luck this season. Yeah, man, I knew. Yes, bye. So there you have it. Thank you very much for listening. And be sure to let me know what you thought about today's episode via my social media or why not go crazy and send in an audio message. All those links can be found in the show notes. And lastly, thank you to producer man Ryan Hell for making all of this possible. Unless we forget, if you haven't subscribed already, be sure to do so as there is plenty more to come. Bye for now.